You know, being a father is not the easiest thing. A lot of the things that we have to explain to our children to try to make sense of the world for them, especially when they're six years old. Um, this week on vacation, I had to try to explain to Eli exactly why zombies are called the walking dead. He cannot understand it. He's saying that, Dad, if they're dead, how can they be walking? And if they're walking, how can they be dead? I say, beats me. I have no idea. <laughs> so, you know, things that as a father, things that we have to teach and try to explain to our kids are often complicated. You know, the word of God in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 through verse 9 says, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. And we live in a time in our society in which we, um, we encourage our women a lot, and that's, that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. Uh, that's something that we should continue doing. Uh, many times, though, in our society, as we are encouraging the women in our society, oftentimes we forget about our men. And many men, many young men, many older men nowadays growing up in our societies feel as though they're unwanted. Many men, many fathers feel as though they're not no longer needed. And so today, that's one of the things we kind of want to talk about, as we want to talk and we want to encourage our fathers. We want to encourage our men to help us understand how important they are in our own lives. Last month, for Mother's Day, we talked about the blessings of our, our mothers and the gifts that our mothers have, the things that they're able to do. And as, as fathers, we also, God has also given us our very own gifts. One of the things I realized between my wife and I is that, you know, she can, whenever, you know, whenever she needs to, she can sew, you know, my, my, my kids' pants for them. I, that's something I can never do in a million years, you know, is to sew, sew um, clothes or anything of that sort. And so we all have a different blessing in our life, and we want to, to, to see exactly what it is that God's Word teaches us about our fathers, what it teaches us about um, our men in our society. Many times the men in our society and the men in our families are the authority figure in the family. Many times they are. A lot of times what this means is that they are the ones that are usually disciplining the kids. This is something that's often, this is something that's often um, overlooked. It is something that's often confusing from culture to culture. I remember back in the days when the Hmongs started to arrive in the United States, uh, trying to discipline their kids was, was very hard because their idea of discipline is very different from the Western, Western culture idea of discipline. And so as fathers, sometimes, you know, when they discipline their children, man, I remember many families back in the days, many Hmong families, they used to have their kids taken away from them because they were not... Um, it, they were not disciplining their kids as according to how West, the Western culture sees discipline. I have a friend, um, I have a friend, he and his brothers and his sisters were taken away from their family and they had a, you know, they, they grew up in the foster system and they, they became foster kids throughout their whole lives because many times we don't, we have a different ways of disciplining our children. Uh, based upon our culture. And so if we come and take a look at Patrick Coleman's um, article that he wrote in January, 20, uh, January 22nd in 2018, he titled his, he titled his uh, article here called Child Rearing Discipline Practices Across Culture. 
And he acknowledges and he talks about the different ways in which each culture disciplined their kids. And he talks about this, and he goes on, and he says that the biggest trend in European Anglo child discipline is to move away from spanking and making spanking illegal. And then he talks about the French and the Germans also in his article, and he says the French and the Germans often use verbal corrections and often harsh verbal corrections in extreme circumstances when their children do wrong. And they, they discipline through you know, harsh verbal corrections. But he also goes on, he, he says that in the, for, for the British and for the Americans, we often don't prescribe to this anymore. We often don't use these harsh verbal cor- corrections anymore. But our way of discipline is that we, we lean on the idea of positive parenting, using gentle praise and, and encouragement to our children. And a, and a form of discipline that we use here in the West uh, according to Coleman, is the form of using timeouts for our children. When they misbehave, then we use timeouts for them. While in Asian cultures, they still spank their, their children. And then he goes on to describe the difference between the way that we raise our kids, the difference in the emphasis in the way that we raise our kids. He talks about how in Asian culture, it's, in Asian culture it is a collective society that the kids, the children are brought up in a collective society. And so they're always taught that the most important thing for them is to have respect for others, especially to have respect for their elders above anything else. And so that he sees that in Asian culture, that's something that's emphasized a lot. And then when he talks about Western society, he talks about this idea of, of independence. We we value the idea of independence, and so when we raise our children, we tend to raise them towards, we don't focus so much on the collective society, but we focus on the independence of that child. And so when we look at these things, we see that there's many different ways, many different forms of discipline that, that differs from culture to culture. And from my personal, my personal opinion is that there's no, there's, exactly, there's no way that that's better than, than the other, but it's pretty much just the way that, that, that we, were, we were taught as to how to discipline our children. And so with many of these different ways, you know, and different ways of disciplining children, oftentimes fathers who are, like I said, are the authority figure of discipline within the family, oftentimes they become confused. They become confused, and fathers oftentimes, like in the family that I, that I talked about earlier today, about how my friend, he was taken away from um, his, his parents. Oftentimes, the father are punished for the way that they exercise their discipline. In, in Asian culture, children discipline is, is something that's private. It's very private. It's for the culture itself. It's for the family itself. In Western society, we often get the government involved, right? The government makes up all the rules and things of that sort. And so if we go beyond what the government allows us to do, then as parents we get punished for that. And so it's something that's very difficult for different cultures to understand exactly how Western society operates. And yet what the Bible teaches us, the Bible teaches us, is that it does teach us that the father is that authority figure in the family. And it it teaches us in Proverbs that, that listen, my son, to your father's instruction. And, all, and the father and the mother is that authority figure. But, but since we're talking about fathers today, today we're, t- we're going to talk about our fathers being that authority 
figure in the family on this one. Keeping the children, being able to build up their children to have a successful, successful life. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, the scriptures teaches us this to the fathers that when they address the fathers, it says, impress them. When it talks about them, it's talking about the ways of God. It talks about faith or faith in God, and the, the commands of God, the laws of God. So in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, it says to the fathers, you are to impress these laws. You are to impress the ways of God on your children. And by saying that, what it's teaching us is that as fathers, it is our responsibility to live a life, a godly life, a life that reflects God's way. So that when our children sees us, that when they look up to us, that they will see the love and the grace of God. And many times we fail. I myself, many times we fail. But when, just because we failed, it does not change the Word of God. What God is calling us to do, what God is encouraging us to do, is that we must continually do, do these things. We must continually practice them. Even when we fail, we must try again. Because it is through us as men, it is through us as fathers, that our children will begin to understand the love of their Heavenly Father. And so that's why it's calling us to impress them upon our children. It says, it goes on, it says, talk about them. Talk about the laws of God. When you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, we are to, to teach our children. We are the ones to teach our children about these spiritual things at all times. And many times in our society, many times even in the church, a lot of times the men are taking this step back and we're not taking upon that role anymore. We're not taking upon that role of being that spiritual leader within the church, spirit, being that spiritual leader within our families anymore. Many times us as men, we're forsaking our roles, the roles that God has given us, the, the responsibilities that God has, in a sense, God has burdened us with to be that role model, to be that person in which our children will see um, God through us. And so we are to always, always, the Word of God teaches us that we are to always, always live our life the best way that we know how, the best way that we know how to impress the love of God upon our children. We must live in that way. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, and 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3, 3 teaches us that we, we as fathers, we need to take upon that role of being that spiritual leader in the family not waiting for, for someone else, not waiting for the pastor. Many times in our culture, we often think that, you know what, I would just drop my kids off to the pastor or to the youth pastor or to the children's pastor, and they will take care of everything, and I don't need it. To, I don't, it's not my responsibility anymore, right? But the Word of God does not teach us that. The pastor, the youth pastor, the children's pastor, they're, they're there to assist us, but as men, as, as fathers, as the spiritual leader within the household, it is first and foremost our responsibility to teach these things to our children. And as we teach them, then the pastor comes along with us. Whether it's the youth pastor, the senior pastor, or, or the children's pastor. They come along with us and they walk with us. But ultimately, it falls upon us as the fathers, as men of the house, is to impress these things to our children. It goes on in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, in Colossians Chapter 3, verse 21, saying the same thing, that fathers do not provoke your children to anger, 
Do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So you see, it continues. The Bible, as we search the scriptures, it continually teaches us what our responsibility is, the things that we need to take a hold on. We need to take a hold of, of this and make sure that we are doing our part in the family as spiritual leaders, as people who are teaching our kids about the ways of God. And when we look at Hartford Seminary study, a study that was made by them not too long ago, and, and, they, they, and the study that they made was this. They found out that when a child becomes the first Christian in the family, that there is a 3.5% probability that the rest of the family will convert. And as they continue their, their study, it goes on and says that when the mother is the first, when the mother is the first in the family to convert to Christianity, that probability for that family to become Christian increases to 17%. Then it goes on to the father. They found out that but, but when the father is the first to convert to Christianity, then the probability of the family becoming Christians grows to 93%. 93%. And so God has burdened us whether or not we like it, whether or not we want to take a hold of this responsibility that God has given us. This is, a, this is something that God has blessed us with, or, or we may say this is something that God has burdened us with as men, to take that role, to take that role, to see how much of an impact we really have on our, on our own family, on their, their faith the faith of our own family. And many times when we see that churches are dying, it's really because many of the men are no longer stepping up in the church. They're no longer stepping up and, and providing a, a support for the church. And so we also see, we also see um, in a study that says that when men, when the majority of the church, when the majority of the people who are active in the church are women, then the church grows only 22% of those churches grow. But when we, see 60, when we see up to 60% of that church, when we see that the men are active in that church, then about 59% of those churches where the men, about, about 60% or more of the men are active, then we see that 59% of those churches are growing. So there's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous responsibility that God has given to us as men and as fathers and it's something that we really need, we really need to step up. We really need to take a hold of. The Word of God teaches us that God has given us a gift and that what we need to do is we need to fan, fan that flame, fan that flame so that that flame will, will, will grow. If we don't fan that flame, then when that flame died, then everything else dies along with it. And so we need to fan that flame, create that, that fire, that fire. And it is that responsibility that we have as fathers to take a hold of that, to take upon that responsibility in the church. And so I'm, the, the next topic I'm going to talk about is that the things that we as fathers really want for our children. As we see in Proverbs, we see the scriptures, we see what the, what the father wanted for his son. And as we study there in, in Proverbs, we see that one of the things that the father wants for his son is for the his son, to choose his friends wisely. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, it says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 
And so what it's teaching us, it is, what it's saying to us here, is that no matter how good we are, no matter how good of a person we are, that if we don't choose our friends wisely, that eventually it's going to come back to haunt us. The bad, bad company corrupts good character. One of the things that I worry so much about, I always worry about, even my children who, who are now in college, and I, I'll, I'll always worry about them, is that who are they hang, hanging out with today? Who are they hanging out with today? Because, you know, if they hang out with the wrong crowd, you know, that, that will bring trouble to them. And we see that. And, and as a father, and as a father, many times when they're away from you, they go off to college, they're away from you for, for, for a certain period of time, you just become so worried and so concerned about who the people that they're hanging out with. That's what the Scripture is teaching us here, is that if we hang out with the wrong crowd, and we continue to hang out with the wrong crowd, that it will ruin us. And so as fathers, that's what, that's what we, we fear for our children. We want our children to be able to choose their friends wisely. It says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10, it says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. Do not consent. One of the ways that we can bring, bring um, joy to our fathers is to just choose our friends wisely. Many times in our own lives, our success depends on the group of people that we grow up around. If you grow up around people who like to go out and drink and, 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 and do, you know, do, do all these kinds of bad things, that's what you're going to end up doing. If you hang out with friends, you know, because back then, you know, I had friends and I, I knew people who used to go out and just hang out all night long and go around and, and, and start fights and do, do things of that sort. If you hang out with those type of people, that's the kind of life that you're going to end up with. But if you hang out with the good people, people who are, are, are passionate about serving God, people who are passionate about getting education, people who are passionate about being successful in life, then you have a better chance of becoming successful. Like I told the moms earlier today, you know what, if you want to be a lawyer, Hang out with lawyers. Make friends with people who are lawyers. You want to be a doctor? Hang out and make friends with people who are doctors. You want to be a business person? Hang out with people who are business people. You want to be, be someone that serves in the church? Hang out with people who are passionate about serving in the church. You, you, can't be someone that, you, you can't be saying that, you know, I'm passionate about serving in the church, but yet I'm going to hang out with people who don't even care about, hanging, uh, about the church. Because a lot of times that will only bring you down. A lot of times, there's no encouragement there. As people, we need that encouragement. And so if we hang out with people who are passionate about something, we receive that encouragement. A lot of times when we develop relationship with the right people, when we want to become a business person, we develop this relationship with other business people. As they succeed, they pull us with them, and we're able to succeed with them also. And so this is, that's why it's very important that as fathers, we want our children to be able to choose the crowd that they hang out with wisely, choose their friends wisely. Another thing is that as fathers, what we want is we want our children to seek knowledge. Above all else, seek knowledge, seek wisdom. And King David was teaching, was teaching his son Solomon to seek wisdom. And as we all know, when Solomon became king, the only thing that he wanted was wisdom. Because all these other things, all these other things perish. All the money that you have, you know, all the nice things that you have, they, they perish. But one thing that will always stay with you is knowledge. And knowledge is power. Like the old saying says, knowledge is power. 
And so above all things, what we want to do as, we, as fathers, as one our children, to seek this knowledge, seek wisdom from God. We want us to learn how to trust in God. Very, very important is to, learn, to teach our kids to trust in God. It says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Just trusting in God, knowing, trusting in what he has revealed to you. Trusting in what he has said to you. And when, we tr- when you trust in God and when, when you live with God, you acknowledge him in everything that you do. No matter what, what it is that you're doing, you just know that God is there. The word of God teaches us that wisdom starts with the fear of God. Knowing that God is present, knowing that he's always there. And so this is the message that I want to share with us today. It's for us to remember as fathers that we, we need to take a hold of our responsibility in the family. Take a hold of that responsibility that God has given us to be that spiritual leader, to teach our kids the ways of God. Also for us children to understand that what our fathers want from us, what our fathers desire for us, is for us to choose our friends wisely. For us to seek wisdom above all else. And for us to also trust in the Lord. Trust in God in everything that we do. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for our, all of our men in our church. We thank you so much for blessing them with the wisdom to lead us. We thank you so much that many of them are faithful, faithful servants of yours and that they continue to serve you in all that they do. Father, we ask that you be with them continuously and just continue to bless them with much, much wisdom, Father. So, Father, we lift up all of our men to you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. It's time for us to do offertory.